Well, good afternoon. I hope everyone is well. I'd like to uh, begin just by being uh, purposeful to state our purpose and why we're here. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for coming and showing uh, the family your, your uh, support. And I also want to say we're here to help them grieve, to help them go through the process, to help them through the difficulties, and, uh, and just to remember and celebrate. But most importantly, we're here to worship God, for we have been blessed by what he has done through uh, our sister Grace. And we want to uh, have that be first and foremost on our mind, a, a time of gratitude, a time of uh, thankfulness toward our Lord for what he has given uh, I'm going to read the obituary, and then I'd like to invite, if, if anybody has something they'd like to come up and say, I'd like to invite uh, you to do so. Don't feel like you have to. But if uh, there's always somebody changes their mind, they're like, I've got to say something. So I always like to keep it open to that, because often what the family says is more than I can bring. And so I'm going to begin by reading her obituary, and then be prepared to come on up here if you'd like to. Otherwise, I'll commence with uh, reading some of the things that I've discovered over the last few days. Here's her obituary. Mrs. Grace Smith DeBell, age 86, of Carrollton, Kentucky, passed away on Friday, December 3rd, 2021, at Signature Healthcare in Carrollton with her high school sweetheart, husband, (coughs) by her side. Born February 6, 1935, in McKee, Kentucky, she was the daughter of Lee Matson and Geneva Clemens Smith. Mrs. Smith graduated from Oneida Baptist Institute in Oneida, Kentucky, where she was raised and majored in business and graduated from Spencerian College in Louisville, Kentucky. She was the creator of Grace's Designs in Tyler, Texas, and Carrollton, where she made beautiful wedding cakes and gowns, and she worked as an accountant for Shelton Brothers Hardware Store in Tyler for many years. She moved to Carrollton in 2000 and worked for the Christian Academy of Carrollton for several years. Mrs. Smith was a member of White's Run Baptist Church in Carrollton, where she enjoyed serving for several years. Talented in so many areas, Grace accomplished much in life. She has blessed many and will be missed for many reasons by many people, but certainly for her quiet, gentle, and sweet spirit. Surviving is her husband, Reverend Richard A. DeBell, to whom she was married in 2013. One son, Todd Price of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. One daughter, Gina Price of Texas. Two grandsons, Thomas and Lee Price of Louisville, Kentucky. One brother and sister-in-law, Jim and Janet Smith of Carrollton. Two sisters, Catherine Matson and her husband, David of Campbellsburg, Kentucky. And Virginia McNamee of Tyler. Four sister-in-laws, Diane Smith of Carrollton, Eureka Smith of Hawaii, Brenda Smith of Tyler, and Kathy Smith of Catletsburg, Kentucky, and several nieces, nephews, and great-nieces and nephews. She was preceded in death by her parents, one son, Tony Price, five brothers, Theowill Smith, Lee Smith, Jr., Nasby Smith, Harold Smith, and Cecil Smith, and his wife, Barbara, one sister, Margie Bowman, one niece, Geneva Lowe, and two nephews, Nathan Smith and Toby Smith. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father God, we are amazed. And Lord, we thank you because in your goodness you have given us fellowship together. You have made the family unit as one to share memories, one to retain things. You've given us minds that can grasp and and can remember. And Lord, uh, 
so we don't have to rely on life being summed up in something so brief as an obituary. For Lord, uh, books cannot contain what we could tell you about grace. And Lord, we pray this day that what goes on here is pleasing to you and that you encourage and comfort the family you help them in this time. And Lord, I pray you be known through this, the celebration of one of yours. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody going to take me up on the offer? Okay. What what I'd like to do is I'd like to read a few things. Uh, Janet provided me with a Facebook, uh, long Facebook thread. And I've just pulled a few comments out of there. And she also provided me with what is over there on the table, her 70th birthday book, uh, which I think is an incredible tradition. And I think something that... that uh, would be well advised for many families to do. But let me read just a few of these to let you speak about grace. Um, all, all I can say is that she was a member of our church, that we worked together at the Christian Academy, that she was easy to joke around with. She was always pleasant. But her family knows her best. And here are some of those comments from the Facebook thread. Julie said, I'm going to miss Aunt Grace's gentle presence and the lifetime of love she's given to me. Phaedra said, she is a wonderful and loving person. She will be deeply missed. Shane said, I would be at Lowe's and looked up to see Gracie with Richard and get, go get my hug. And she would always hug my crew too. Jana said, it speaks volumes that we have such fond memories with her. Kathy said, I remember one time as a kid being out in Texas for one of those amazing family gatherings that we used to have. I was sitting alone and she came over to me and we spoke for a while. Afterwards, she showed me a little electric keyboard and taught me how to play when the saints go marching in. To this day, that is the only song that I can play on the keyboard, but every time I see one, I feel the need to tap it out. I think of her in this moment every time. Jimmy said, my fond memories of Auntie Grace was when she had a flower shop. She looked lovely and blended right in, surrounded by the many beautiful flowers, as though she was one of them. Rhonda said, fried bologna sandwiches are my earliest memories. I still enjoy them. Her driving was a different story. Flying down the road with two fingers on the wheel, you prayed a lot. (laughs) Kathy also said she always put her heart into the things she made. Phaedra said she was serious at times, but she was always sweetly funny. She could always make you laugh at the most unexpected times. She was always so special in her own way, cared for others her own way, and loved us her own way. Now, even better are some of the things from the 70th birthday book. Here are some of those. Margie says this, memories of Grace trying to ride a mule. She spoke of those. She spoke of the two of them damming up the creek, the two of them trying to smoke in a barn and hiding in the woods from their mother, (laughs) Grace and Nasby fighting over a piece of cake. You need to read the book. It's very funny. Frank uh, remembers Gracie uh, leaning when she drove her car. She re- he remembered also her tricking him into eating squash by baking it in a cake for him. And her general ability to dress up a meal. And her ability to take the opposing... And he would often take the opposing view on any given topic just to get her going. Jenny said, sisters by chance, friends by choice. Lee said, I believe a wedding cake represents her best. Seems to reflect her beauty dignity and pride better than most people can express themselves. 
Katie said, Grace, I believe the Lord sent you to Carrollton for CAC, Jacob, and me, and also for all the Matson and Smith families. I never dreamed that you would be part of my everyday life as you are today. I love having you in the next room at work and being able to call you for advice or just anything. Jim said, You've been pretty much the same grace throughout my memories of you, thoughtful, steady, reliable, a person of stature and possessing wisdom. Her influence on Jim and his family cannot be understated. Janet said, During our years apart when we would see each other, it was as if no time had elapsed. We had a common spirit that allowed us to be close at a moment's time, and for this we were blessed. Jenny said in a poem she wrote called Of Grace, says, Grace, the eldest of us girls, as feminine as a cultured pearl, a little on the fancy side, some would say, but always the same from day to day. And I don't have time to quote everyone, Jennifer and Barry and Jeff and Julie and Ellie and Josh and, and all the rest. I'm sorry if I didn't quote anything from what you wrote, but try harder next time. Maybe you'll make an impression and, and it'll, it'll make the cut. But reading the book and, and perusing how the family felt about her, just from my personal experience of knowing her, it's easy to get the point. She was easy to be around. She was easy to put up with. She was a comfort. She was a ray of sunshine with an O. But how do we deal with her lost? Some would complain about funerals and say, you're, you're making her sound perfect, but that's the privilege of a Christian funeral. We don't have to talk about any sin or any error of the departed for any sin that we know, because we are believers, we forgive. And any mistakes we pardon for having done the same ourselves and probably worse, frankly. We focus only on the positive, not to try to make a legend out of her, not to rewrite history, but as a glory to God to praise him for all the benefit we received from our sister Grace. For what happened in her life is indeed grace from God. But now that she's departed, how will we deal with her loss? Let's take a moment and listen to another song, and then we'll get some encouragement from the scriptures. So the question before us is then, how do we, how do we deal with this? How do we go on? And how do we, now that we've looked at life with grace, how do we look at life without her? Uh, first of all, I want to say grief is normal. And so many people believe just because you're a Christian or the deceased is Christian that there, should, there shouldn't be cause for grief. But indeed there is, and, it, and it's quite normal because, quite frankly, we were not made for death. I don't know if you realize that. Death was an intruder. Death was something dragged into the world by sin. It was not something original to God's design. And so we were made for it, literally. But we don't grieve as others do who have no hope. Our grief is temporary, as is our absence from her. But what is the best way to move forward? What path forward will honor her memory the best? Well, I've chosen from 2 Timothy here, a passage by our Apostle Paul. And he was in prison writing this letter, as he was writing many of his letters. He was in prison, I should say, again. And in 2 Timothy, he's pretty certain that this is the last time He's in prison. He's pretty certain that he is facing his execution momentarily. And he's writing this letter to a, a young pastor 
named Timothy, who was a who Paul had mentored and taken with him on many of his journeys. And he says this in chapter four, verses six through eight. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Now, I have no question uh, that Grace would object to me using those, that scripture for her. She would be too humble. She would say, she would be too modest for it. She would blush. She said, I haven't done anything major. It's not like I led a movement that changed the world like Paul did. It's not like I pioneered the gospel to, to unusual places and, and did fantastic things as the world would measure it. Her obituary didn't make the New York Times, probably not the Courier Journal. Yet we can say these words for her. Because she indeed, indeed did fight the good fight. And I would say she did the impossible. She lived a godly life in a world that would have accepted sin, would have accepted compromise, would have accepted selfishness at every turn. She lived a blessed life, much joy, uh, much time with family, much productivity. Like all of us, she experienced losses of siblings and parents and had to deal with difficult people in the world and difficult decisions and, and life changes. Like all of us, she's made mistakes and she's had her share of self-inflicted challenges like all of us do. But she fought the good fight. Indeed, she lived the impossibility because she lived it with God. For God said all things, with God, all things are possible. So we can say she's fought the good fight. We can say that she's finished the race with help from the Lord and, and the believers around her, her close family, her high school sweetheart. She did what God had her here to do. And she has kept the faith. She was very active in church. She worked at the Christian Academy, ministering to the children there in a variety of ways. It was amazing to me that she was also the nurse and that the children would come to her with any kind of ailment or boo-boo or, or whatever, and she would administer the one thing that could cure it all, and that was her smile. And the Band-Aids and the Neosporin or whatever else she administered became irrelevant. It was her smile that really seemed to do the healing. She's had fellowship with believers all through the years, most notably with her family. She's always maintained a pleasant disposition, a good sense of humor, and her faith. Her days were marked with prayer, with the study of God's word. She has kept the faith. And she won the crown. And when we read these words, we say, uh, who's, you know, who's, who can qualify for crown of righteousness? Well, if you read the Bible carefully, you'll find that the believers that receive that crown, which all believers do, they ultimately lay it at the feet of Jesus because it was earned through the work of Christ not the works we do. Lay it at the feet of Jesus because it is him that works salvation in us. It is his righteousness given to those that believe. 
So what's the secret of this? How does one live this impossible life? How does one partake of this and enjoy this? The old saying is proving to be quite true. It's not what we know. It's who we know. The gospel is a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we examine the scriptures, we recognize that indeed we all have sinned. But Christ came and offered himself to pay the price for those sins for all who will believe. When one believes in Jesus Christ, they are saved. They are born again by the Holy Spirit of God. But then the Holy Spirit's not done with them. It works in us to develop the character of Christ. Her life, therefore, can be explained by her faith. And the good characters we saw as the result of her salvation and not the cause of it. Grace is with the Lord, we know for certain. Not because she rid herself of sin. Not because her good things outweighed the bad. Not because she ended on a good note. She is with the Lord because of his grace, because of the sacrifice of Christ, making a way for her to be there. And we know for certain that Grace was a good person. Not to earn a spot in heaven, not trying to make up for any past sins that she had, but because she was already a citizen of heaven. Like Paul, this one we just read of. You say, well, that's the Apostle Paul. He did all these fantastic things. He did, you know, travel the world, sharing the gospel of Christ, loved all these people, started all these churches. But you know, Paul described himself as the chief of sinners. Did you know prior to Jesus intervening in his life, he approved of the murder of Christians for their faith. And he's able at the end of all this to say these things, that he kept the fight, or fought the good fight, finished the race, kept the faith, and a crown of righteousness awaiting for him. And we're able to say it of our sister Grace with great confidence. And so my encouragement to you this day, as you speak of her, as you encourage one another with stories about her and everything else, as you wrap up this day, as you reflect on the faith that, that made her who she was. Reflect on what Christ has done and thank him for it. Uh, we have all been blessed by grace. Isn't it a fitting name for our blessed sister? We're going to hear one more song and then we'll close out with the benediction. I was asked to make that uh, if you're going to go to the cemetery to uh, follow the funeral home uh, director over there, we're not going to have an escorted procession, so we'll obey the, the laws as, as we go. So uh, just follow along to the cemetery. There's not going to be a huge group, so it shouldn't be too hard to, to stay together. Uh, I want to close this uh, with a word of prayer and, uh, and just pray a blessing over the family. And I want to thank the family for, for having me to do this. Um, I count it a great honor to have been asked. Let's pray. Father God, we pray 
that your grace and peace will be upon all those who have suffered loss this day. Lord, I pray that you'll comfort hearts, that you'll turn us toward you, that, Lord, you'll cause us to remember everything great and give you the glory and honor for it. Thank you for blessing our sister with your presence, with the knowledge of you. And Lord, care for her till such time as we rejoin her with you. Lord, we pray that you'll just send us forth with great blessing. Lift us up and lighten our load. For this is what Jesus has promised, to bear our burdens. May we indeed give all this to him for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen.